Hi everyone, I'm just recording a quick cold open for this episode to let you know that what you're about to hear is a recording of our first ever live show, which took place in Bats Theatre on the 4th of February. We were invited to do the live show by Listen to This, which was run by the same people who produced Dexperience, which is another niche pop culture podcast all about Pokemon. So for our listeners who are fans of Pokemon, check out Dexperience. The podcast live show was part of the Six Degrees Festival, um, and that's about it. So enjoy our live show. everybody, I'm Lisa. And I'm Nick. And welcome to It Takes Two, a podcast where two people take two movies with the same plot or premise and watch and discuss them. And in this week's episode, we're discussing Bugs Life and a Galaxy Quest. Yes. Um, so this is our first ever live show. So this is the first time we've had an actual audience um, who made a surprising amount of noise just there. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for making it seem like we're more popular than we are. Um, yeah, so we this is a fun episode, but it's also two movies that did actually come out within a year of each other, or almost. One of them came out in November of 1998, and the other one came out in December of 1999, so just over a year apart. Yeah, so Galaxy Quest came out on Christmas Day. Yeah, Galaxy yeah. Quest came out Christmas Day in 1999. Yeah. Um, so this is, you know, classic uh, DreamWorks versus Disney production, um, <laughs> which it legitimately is. Uh, because DreamWorks produced Galaxy Quest, yeah. and uh, it, A Bug's Life is um, Disney Pixar. Yeah, because it was at the beginning of the juggernaut that is Pixar now. Yeah, it was their their second feature. Yeah, second Disney. with Tim Allen as well. No, Tim Allen's oh, not yeah, in no. A Bug's Life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting my wires crossed already. <laughs> You're mixing up the movies. Yeah. I know they're very similar. <laughs> um, so yeah, so these are two movies. Um, where if I I will describe the plot of a movie and you can guess which one I'm describing. <laughs> so um there's a group of performers and there is a race that is being oppressed and a scout from that race goes through a group of performers, mistakes them for actual heroes or warriors, um, and brings them to his people to um help them fight their oppressor and free his people from the the uh, plight they're going through. Spoiler alert, it's both of those movies. <laughs> it's both of those movies. Yeah. Oh, yeah, is it time to do a, a spoiler, a preemptive spoiler alert for... Well, if you haven't seen them, like, it was 2008, 2009, that's... What? what? 1998. Oh, 1999. Wow, I'm losing even, it today. Even longer yeah, ago. Yeah. Over 20 years ago. Yeah. Scary. Because I think... I remember seeing Toy Story in theaters. We're not talking about Toy Story. I know, but I'm just saying that that I don't think I saw Bugs Life in theaters, but I did see it later on. But it right. would have been within the sort of the the sort of that sort of era of my life, if that makes sense. Yes, because that's I was still when a, it was released. Yeah, I was still a child then. But for me, I don't think I saw Galaxy Quest until a lot later after it was released. Maybe five, six years later. Okay. Because I think it was recommended to me, or might have been the time where I was just binge watching old used uh, VHSs. Fair enough. 
Um, I don't recollect a time in my life where I didn't know Galaxy Quest. Yeah. Because it is embedded in my bones. I may have written Galaxy Quest, I think. Yeah. Um, but uh, those time yeah. travel scripts. Really, uh... <laughs> yeah, I wrote I wrote it, and then I went. I watched it, and then I went back and wrote it oh, and like, made it. Yeah. Uh, so it's like a paradox movie. Um, it's got all my favorite people in it, by which I mean Sam Rockwell several times. Well, he's yeah. only in it once, actually. That's, so that's a spoiler for a different movie. Yeah, you were saying earlier when we weren't live that out of the what is it, forty-two. Sam Rockwell <laughs> movies, you've seen 38 of them, but then you have to... No, no, that. I've seen... I think I've seen about 42 Sam Rockwell films. Okay. I don't know how many he's been in, like 60-something maybe. Okay. I'm pretty sure I've seen approximately 42 Sam Rockwell films. Um, talking, of, talking of cast, like, I've got a list here because <laughs> I had to because it's massive. Like, the list and the cast... The voice actors, obviously, for Bugs Life, but then mm. the main cast for Galaxy Quest are insane. Yeah, I mean, the, even the people voice acting in A Bug's Life are insane. Yeah. Like, it's, I'll, you know, they're big names, especially since it's their second feature. I guess because they're with Disney, it kind of made yeah. it easier. I, I'd say that, but even still, there was a time where, see, you know, these CGI movies was sort of like, it could be a hit or it could be a miss. It's yeah. that, it was sort of new to yeah this was before they knew whether yeah. it could be a hit or not before they just literally just pump one out a year and just print money out of it yeah yeah is that what they do now yeah. i haven't seen the well, most recent we, one so uh, let's just pause and say we both agreed that um the other movie going for the best oscar for um animated movie was better than soul well, there were several movies going for best animated feature, and we no, there were two. There was the one that won, and then the one <laughs> the that we one, won. The one, the one that should have won. Yeah, there was like I think there was five. Um, but we're biased because the other one was an Irish movie, and I know several people who worked on it. So that wasn't the bias for me, but okay, <laughs> it might have been it's your a bias. Good movie, though. Yeah, it is a really good movie. I can't remember the name of it. I'm it? afraid I'm going to get the name wrong, and yeah. we're live right now, so that's yeah. terrifying. Yeah, you can't remember um, that <laughs> I believe, uh, is it Moonwalkers? Or have I just Wol made them? Wolfwalkers. 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 Yeah. There we go. Sorry to everyone who is watching who worked on that film. Yeah. Um, They're messaging you now. Uh, I've got a message from my mom saying that we're loud and clear, and we look good, so thank you. Thanks, um, Mom. <laughs> Um, yeah, so uh, speaking of which, shout out to people who are watching us on live stream. I know we've got a few people in Ireland watching us, which is nice because it's like 7.30 a.m. So thank you for getting up to watch us. Uh, and thank you for anyone anywhere else. Coffee on, us. milk in the cereal, not the other way around. <laughs> you could probably put coffee and cereal. No, it's making, don't, you, don't put milk in the bowl and then cereal. That's what? Insane people do that. Put milk first and then the cereal. Yeah, because yeah, then the cereal is like just, no, crunchy and yeah. doesn't absorb the This is not what our podcast is about. Um, <laughs> it is now, damn it. No, okay, let's get into the, the cast list. Okay. okay oh, wait, cast list, okay. I'm just going through the cast list. All right, fair enough. Yeah, we'll okay. not what we normally do, um, but go for it. Dave Foley, who plays Flick, who's yes. the, the main scout ant for Bugs Life. For Bugs Life, yeah. Uh, which we saw recently in Superstore eating dog food. Yes, uh, he did eat dog food in Superstore. Fantastic cameo. Yeah. And I have, <laughs> for the next actor, I have thought about this for a bit, but I'm not going to talk about it. The The main villain of A Bug's Life is Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Um, you got that rant out of you before we started recording? A little That's bit, yeah. yeah. Not all of it. It's still, you know, yeah. in there. 
Well, if oh. we run out of time, or if we if we start to finish up too early, we can go into a Kevin Spacey rant towards the yeah. end. Just just it'd be thirty minutes was, of this, and then I was an about hour to do what um I was about to do what you did before with Tim Allen. I was going to be like, this is the you know it's one of an, the you know Kevin Spacey and uh, Sam Rockwell in another movie together as well. And I was like, no, these are not the same <laughs> movie. <laughs> they are the same movie. That's why we have a podcast yeah, about yeah. it. Uh, Julia Lewis-Dreyfus, who plays the princess. Hayden Panettiere, which I didn't know was yeah, Dot. Yeah, she's Dot. I think yeah. it's her first first ever feature. I, I think it might be her first acting role, or first um, on-screen role. Yeah. Um, she was 11, I think. Yeah, because... Maybe, maybe even younger. Because like, she became popular... With Heroes. Uh, it was sort of before that, even. Was it? That's the I first think she I was, when she her. was mainstream, she was in Heroes, oh, but I'm okay. pretty sure she was in like those sort of coming-of-age, teeny, low-budget movies that they were just pumping out. Because okay. I remember seeing her in one, and then I finished the movie, and I was like, there's something wrong with that, and I realized there was no music. Not in oh. the opening credits, nowhere through stream transitions, not at the end credits. Weird. And I was like, that shows it was low-budget. Because if you have no music, or then you Or can... it's an artistic choice. No, then... <laughs> no. If you'd, watched this, some, if you'd watched the movie, uh, there's no you artistic choice in it. You know, they can get some Kevin MacLeod free, you know, copyright free music in there. It's yeah. what everyone I know who's an animator did when we were doing projects in school, and like in college. Yeah, that's what everyone does now as yeah. well. Because the internet's full of people that are just like, I don't care if I'm not going to get paid, I'm just going to pump out music. Yeah. And if people listen to it, meh, and steal it if they want to. It's free. Uh, Dennis Leary plays Francis, who's the male ladybug, which is a funny because it's such a masculine voice playing, you know, a... Um, well, that's the whole the, the, thing in it, is that yeah. they're trying to kind of he's like, challenge gender stereotypes a little bit. Yeah, because he's such an overly masculine, like, portraying outwards, and then mm. he ends up becoming the um, head of the blueberries. Yeah, the, the den mother. Yeah, the den mother of the blueberries. Um David High Pierce. Oh, the, the person that I want to talk about uh, mainly is uh, Jonathan Harris. Do you know who Jonathan Harris is? No. Okay. Should I? I probably We do. just finished season three of um, Lost in Space. Lost in Space, yeah. So he, Jonathan Harris, played Zachariah, Dr. Zachariah Smith in the original okay. Lost in Space. Not the one where Gary Oldman plays Dr. Zachariah No, that was a Smith. different one. <laughs> there has been several. Um, moving on. Oh, sorry, I, I was going to forget um, Brad Garrett, but I'm not going to. Brad Garrett's fantastic in this movie. Yes. Yeah. Did you know the um, the beetle that he plays, Dim, they just made it up. It's not a real beetle. They just invented a beetle, which is fair enough. And then in 2016, so like 17 years later, 18 years later, they discovered a beetle that's exactly the same as him. Did they name it after him? Uh, I don't think they named it after him, but they have named... Um, an effect, so it's if a, a fictional creature is now discovered to be a real creature, they call that the dim effect. After That's dim awesome. the beetle. Yeah. Um, I was going to forget Richard Kind, but I'm not going to because I'd Richard love Kind is great. Yeah. That. yeah. Um, moving on to Galaxy Quest, um, Tim Allen, as we've mentioned several times accidentally. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> He just keeps coming up. One of my favorite actors of all time, Scorny Weaver. I was thought you were going to say Tim Allen was one of your favorite actors of all time, and I was like, this is the first I'm hearing no, this. No, I did watch a lot of, I'm pretty Home sure I watched all of it, and then probably several reruns of Home Improvement. Yeah, you watched all of it. Well, probably watched all of Home Improvement when it came out originally. Yeah. And then we watched 
Did we watch two Christmas movies this Christmas with Tim Allen in it? Or am I, I don't just think so. I think we just watched The Santa Claus. Yeah, that's I right. Don't, that's only one movie. No, because we were watching that stupid movie quest. Oh, yeah, movie we, did a, quest we watched today. it to, earlier today. We yeah. watched a Guess the Movie Christmas movie quiz on YouTube that we found, and it had, I think, three different movies that had Tim Allen in them as Christmas movies. Yeah, it was Christmas with the Krugs, and then... No, because it was the Cranks. Cranks, and then several very incidents of the... Yeah, I think the Santa Claus and the yeah. Santa Claus too. Yeah. Um, there was also one with Nick Cage in it, which I've already forgotten what it was, but I'm still shocked that I didn't know there was a Christmas movie with Nick Cage in it. Yeah. Um, obviously, rest, uh, rest his heart, Alan Rickman's in this movie. Mm. Um, and he's perfection. Yeah, yeah. He, but he was in every every movie that I've ever seen him in. He's been fantastic. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, like without. I mean, a, ba- a good band guy, you don't have a relatable okay. hero. I don't know if you've seen Michael Collins. So. <laughs> the dancer? What? No. Who no. Was, <laughs> who was the guy that did River Dance? Michael Flatley. Thank you. <laughs> Not the same person. Michael Collins is an Irish revolutionary who's like often like credited as one of the main uh, figures in gaining independence for Ireland from Britain. And he did and that through Riverdance, right? No. <laughs> and there's a movie about Michael Collins, and Michael Collins is played by Liam Neeson, I believe, and Eamon de Valera, the first president of Ireland, is played by um, Alan Rickman. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then Julia Roberts is in it for some reason. She can swallow her enemy's whole. Be- <laughs> what? <laughs> um, okay. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> Didn't know that about her. Um... No, just just the cast are fantastic. Like who was um just Justin Long's first Justin Long's first film. He he went in, he auditioned as a total unknown and some of I I can't remember, I didn't even take notes on who the other people were, but I know one of them was one of the Culkins, I think Rory Culkin. Yeah. Or maybe Kieran Culkin no, Kieran Culkin, who is now really popular because he's in succession. Yeah. Um but he auditioned with Kieran Culkin, who had been in other roles beforehand and he was like I'm not going to get this I'm they literally no one star on my brother my brother and me who's the Culkins? yeah okay <laughs> I don't think we have the power to get them on my brother my brother and me it's why not because w- we have no connection to that podcast oh, okay. um I just the, the cast of both these movies have been fantastic that's all the notes I've got so oh, I'm putting my phone all, all the notes you've got are the cast and you didn't even name them all yeah what about Tony Shalhoub? Yeah, Tony Shalhoub's fantastic. You didn't uh, even mention Sam Rockwell. We, we've mentioned Sam Rockwell. The, otherwise, it's just going to be Sam Rockwell, the podcast. It probably will be Sam Rockwell. Okay, podcast. we can do that as a spin off podcast. Okay. When this one gets popular, we can. Is this one not popular? Well, well like I said earlier, like I said earlier, when you were feeling a little bit nervous about this, and I said there's only two types of people in this world, Lisa people that love us and people that haven't heard this podcast yet. <laughs> Getting booed um, from the audience, it's fine. <laughs> um, right, so I suppose we should get into the plot. Yeah, the plot. Plot of these movies. Well, I've already described it. Yeah. That's the end of the yeah, episode. Thanks so, for coming. Yeah. <laughs> so about Kevin Spacey now. Um, oh, gosh. Okay. Um, I, I just want to talk about a few things, um, yes. starting off um, the things that I took away that I found interesting about these mm-hmm. two movies because the the empires that the heroes are hired to save, yes, they are very different. Uh, in Galaxy Quest, I cannot pronounce the name of Thermians. the Thermians. Thank you. Um, 
their race has based their entire ideology on the Galaxy Quest show, which yeah. is clearly a spin-off, well, a parody of Star the original Trek. Star Trek. And well, what was the other one called? Book Rogers and the yeah. 25th century. century yeah. I, I froze for a second there because before when we were talking about this, I was like, I'm going to say Duck Dodgers instead of Book Rogers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Duck Dodgers and the 24th and a half century. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they've been like uplifted to this sort of human utopia about connect togetherness and mm. like they don't have the ability to lie and they don't understand the concept of deception, um, which plays a massive plot point later yes. on in the movie, like I said at the beginning, spoilers, um, versus the ant hill on the, what was it, on the island? Something it's, on the island. The island was mentioned a lot. Yeah, so they're, it's, not, it's like a tiny little island in like a stream. And that's where the anthill is. So it's, it's interesting like Ant because anthill island, I think. Yeah, yeah, something it. along those lines. We're, we're, that's canonically from, its name from now on. Um, <laughs> we've decided. We've named it. Yeah, we have the power. Um, the camera's on us. The their empire is in decline because they have no innovation. Because Flick, as this person who they basically send off to die, yes, um, is the only person innovating, and they're all like he's like a freak weirdo that they mm. just like leave on the outskirts and it's really bizarre yeah, because yeah. his equipment and machinery is literally one their savior and it's the scene at the end of the movie where they're celebrating as the heroes are leaving sorry i'm jumping all over the place but this is it's, how we do it it's fine um this is how we roll this is how my brain works the his like the ability to cut down he's got like some sort of weird like chest harness lumberjack machine that he's built yeah with like a perpetual motion. Yeah, because they're trying to harvest grain individually, from, one at a time. Yeah, and yeah. he's and what he's done is, is he's designed this machine to cut down the stalk and harvest the grain out of it, and then shoot the stalk away. Yeah, which they use as fireworks at the end of the movie. Yeah, which doesn't but make any sense, but with that, it doesn't matter. It's okay. We'll accept it. Um, the point being is just like you see that like that's to me the biggest differences between the two movies. Is right. the differences of the actual empires that are hiring the actors. Yeah, I think the other thing is where the focus lies. So that was that was the big difference I took away from it, is where the focus is in the movies. So in A Bug's Life, the focus is on the ants Yeah. for the whole thing. You start off with the ants, you learn about the ants, whatever. In Galaxy Quest, the focus is on that group of actors. Yeah. So you, you see everything from their point of view, and then they get bits of knowledge about the Thermians and their their home planet and et cetera, et cetera. And we don't learn about those things until those actors do. Yeah. Whereas in A Bug's Life, we learn all about the anthill, how it runs, who's in charge, you know, who's going to be in charge next, what the line of succession is, yeah. um, everything before we we even get introduced to the uh, the circus bugs. I was going to say the actors, but they're circus bugs. Yeah. Then. Fired circus bugs at the beginning. Yes. We get to see them get fired. Yeah. At the beginning of the movie. Um, Out of a cannon. Yes. <laughs> so we do. So yeah. So I think the focus is in totally different places because obviously in in a book's life you have like um, going off to find these books or to you know to find tough bugs as he says, um, and then he comes across this group that are they're a circus troupe but he doesn't realize that he finds them in a bar. And they are putting on a Robin Hood show to scare off some flies that are trying to attack them. And yeah. he sees them and thinks it's a real fight. Um, 
And it's also that big town, small country thing going on. Yes. It's, like I said about the empire in decline, it's, it shows because they're basically sort of Iron Age mm. versus everybody. Like they've got sort of, um, it's not accurate, but they've got like millipedes using as like horses and they're using glow bugs with colored uh, plastic to change like spot lighting. Mm. And it, it shows that they're like, it's sort of like you're going from this very arcane empire into like modern modern yeah because the answer they do everything by hand they do everything by tradition there's yeah. like a whole sequence where they're you know lining up to um put all the grains and berries they found on their like offering rock yeah. and um a leaf falls down and they panic because they don't know how to how to get past the leaf yeah. and they have to be led around it um which is funny because i think ants um in real life um, follow a scent trail yeah, rather than being able to see the other ant, so they would get lost if a big leaf fell down. Yeah, there's a they phenom- probably find it back quicker than that. Though, there's but. a phenomenon um, in ants called the circle of death, and what happens is, is that they lose the trail, and then they just end up swirling around mm. continuously until they yep. die of exhaustion, which is really cool to look at, but also really sad. bizarre. Yeah, sad. I think it's, that's it's sad. sad. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, very upsetting, actually. Yeah. You just lose. Imagine your... if they just did that in a book's life. They just the leaf falls down and the ants just circle until they die. It'd be a very short movie. <laughs> There'd be no going off to find anybody. It'd just be like, well, this is something that happens in nature. Well, uh, moving on to the yeah, next yeah. IP, I guess. Yeah, it's because the whole plot of a book's life is based on, um, like a story about an ant and a grasshopper, and it's the grasshopper is eating the food all the time, and then when winter comes he's got no food whereas the ant has been stockpiling and it's whatever and it was literally the the guy who wrote it was like why doesn't the grasshopper just take the food and then so they the, wrote a the, movie about it so what happened what played <laughs> in my head was fry telling bender about the um in futurama yeah where it was like oh and then he got a the grasshopper got a sports car <laughs> you know that whole rant and he's just like you know just oh never mind the just where my mind was playing, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, I give up, you know, that that whole yeah. um, spiel. The yeah, the interesting part because it's it becomes more of a, a symbiotic relationship between the grasshoppers needing the ants and then the grasshoppers knowing the ants don't need them, yeah, and it's that that's why there's this like Hopper has a fear of rebellion, um which is quite interesting in comparison to the Thermians who are literally... I can't remember what the race of the bad guys are in Galaxy Quest. I don't remember either. I don't think... No, I don't think they're ever named because it's just Saris and then... Yeah. Like if you... Because I had to look through like the cast list and it's like Saris and then like Saris's soldiers, Saris's whatever. Um, so I check. don't know if it actually names the race of those aliens, but Saris is the, the main, the big bad. Yeah. Um... Oh, no. No, it literally just says uh, reptilian humanoids who seek to destroy the Thermians. There's no. So it doesn't ever ever specify their race. Um, But they're definitely a much more real threat than the grasshoppers are. Depends if you're an ant or not. Uh, No, because the. I mean, the whole. whole, Spoilers, but the whole message of a bug's life is the ants outnumber the grasshoppers and the ants can stand up to the grasshoppers at any time. The grasshoppers are only doing what they're doing because they know if the ants realize that, then they have nothing. 
versus in Galaxy Quest where the Thermians have to be shown how to be heroes by the actors. Mm. And the Thermians are, um, like, we, we find out that their home planet has been destroyed yeah. and the, the, the ones that are on this, like... Um, ship of the last ones. Well, it's not the ship. It's like a oh, space there was, there station. Oh, there was a space station, yeah. yeah. So it's the, the people who are on the space station are the last of their race that are left alive. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so I do think Saris presents a much more real threat. There's also no... Uh, is there even a reason given why he's doing it? He's just kind of doing it for fun, I think. I think they're just like the big band. I don't yeah. think you need... When you're talking about genociding an entire planet of people, I don't really don't think you need a motivation to justify it because it just in general it's a terrible thing to do. Yeah, but I mean Thanos has like his like justification and stuff, you know. Yeah, Thanos I think also Saris has several just, movies and several yeah, decades I, of I comic books to justify. I think that Saris it. is just sadistic and just wants to prove a point that he can do this. Yeah. It's just fun for him. Yeah, because it's not sort of like a resource grab, which no. is Popper's whole thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's literally just for the fun of it. Yeah. Um, because he gets a lot of pleasure out of, like, you know, realizing what's actually going on when, when that comes to that moment. Um, like, because he does understand deception and fiction and things like that, whereas the Thermians Oh, right. Have no I was so idea. sorry. In my mind, I was like, where does that happen in Bugs Life? I don't remember that <laughs> No, Cyrus isn't in a Bugs Life. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's uh, there's a lot of similarity between these movies. There's there's weird similarities in these movies. One yeah. of the things I picked up on this time around, because um, obviously I've seen both these movies a lot of times, and but we rewatched them before this. Um, they both make commentary on, um, like, I guess the Asian equivalent of blackface, and like capitalizing on that for entertainment because in a bug's life you have the um you have manny the praying mantis and um the gypsy moth um who have this like transformation act and what they do is they take out like a chinese takeout container oh, yeah, yeah. and they're like the mystic chinese chamber or whatever yeah. and using using the mysticism of the orient and stuff to do it and they like they make this 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 whole like when none of them are supposed to be chinese or of asian origin or whatever they just use this as part of their act to like make it seem more interesting and then in galaxy quest you have uh tech sergeant chen played by fred kwan who was quoted as saying kwan's not even my real last name yeah um, and when he's like on the show, he's like squinting the whole time. And it's this weird commentary on like just casting white actors in roles and being like, yeah, he's Asian for, for no reason, except I, I don't know, to have fake diversity in the show, I guess. Um, yeah. We're in actual Star Trek, they had quote, well, not great, but it was still like record breaking for the time. Cause I think. Kirk and Uhura's kiss was the first on mainstream interracial kissing on mainstream television. Right, yeah. I, think I don't think it right. was in, in film, but I'm pretty sure it was on TV. Right. Because it was the first show that was shown completely in color. Yeah. The first science fiction show, that's, I'll just correct myself there, that was shown completely in color. Because Doctor Who, obviously, longer running series, but 
started off out in black, black and white. And was yep. still black and white for a long time, even after. Which even is the first two Doctors are black and white. Yeah, because right? I think, I think, I don't know, I'd have to check my, check my dates on it. Pertwee was in color. Floyd will be pulling his hair out. Sorry, Floyd, yeah. if you're watching. Um, um, but yeah, so there's, so I just thought it was weird that both movies have like a, a weird, just like a, a kind of background commentary on that. Yeah. Because um, that is a big, that's still a problem sometimes in, you know, whitewashing and stuff yeah. in the industry. But back then, or like back when, back when the Galaxy Quest show is supposed to have taken place. Yeah. In the late 70s, early 80s, that was more of a thing, I think. Um, so it's interesting that they both kind of do that. But it's also interesting that they have, you know, Fred Kwan has changed his has legally changed his name to that, yeah. I believe, which is, I don't know why, I guess, more Cause it's credibility. Yeah, because it's interesting, because when you're talking about the, the actors playing the characters. <laughs> the actors um, playing the actors playing the characters. Yeah, and, and Galaxy <laughs> Quest and how their lives have been affected so heavily. And then you have like that sort of um, obviously like a, there's a there's a massive gap in how much caring they still have. Like Alan Rickman's character yeah. hates the fact that he has to say it, it, it's parroting, parroting Spock of Leonard Nimoy. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I'm I, assuming that every single convention he had to go to for decades was just like say the line Spock, say the line. Say to the line. point where they make fun of it in Futurama again. Mm. Yeah, it's no, just like, it's do the thing. And he's like, I don't do that anymore. He's literally a <laughs> head in a jar. They make fun of it in um, Shrek Forever After as well. Where he has like a kid following around going, do the roar. Um, <laughs> you haven't seen that movie. No. We'll watch that eventually. Okay. You've only seen two Shrek movies. There are two more. Plus the holiday specials. Anyway, it's not what we're here to talk about. <laughs> um... What was I saying? I've forgotten now. No, the differences in how the uh, the fandom has affected the actors. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, oh, I was just gonna say, um, I was gonna say Lazarus. What's Lazarus? Is his character's character's name? You would um, you like my cheat sheet? No, I Alexander it. Dane, played by Alan Rickman, who plays Lazarus. Yes, um, Doctor Lazarus. Doctor Lazarus, played by Alexander Dane, played by Alan Rickman. <laughs> um, he never takes off his headgear for the entire movie, which I think is the funniest thing because obviously for a lot of it he's pretending to be that character, yeah. and then other bits he's in the convention where he's wearing that. But there's like scenes where he's at home on the phone and he's still wearing the yeah. the headgear to make him look like an alien. Why? It's very funny, but I don't know. Like, why logically, why would he still be wearing it when he hates it so much? Because his whole character is how much he hates that this is what he is, you know, what yeah. his career has become. That's interesting because you know, I I was Richard the Third. I was you know. In saying that, um, talking of the the being an on stage actor and sort of hating the role, um, when you look into Next Generation with um, Sir Patrick Stewart, mm -hmm. he also wanted to get written out because right. again he was just like. Why would I play this captain? I played Macbeth. I played King yeah. Le You know all this, and they were and just now like, he's, "Hasn't he come back and done a whole new series?" We don't it? talk about Picard. Um, okay, we're not going to. I am open to questions about Discovery, but we're going to not be talking about Picard. Thank Discovery you. is the only Star Trek I've ever seen. We yeah. watched. We watched one episode together. Yeah, I made I you watch like one it. episode. 
Galaxy Quest is my favorite Star Trek movie. It's valid. Let's say uh, Undiscovered Country, but never mind. Um, yeah, it is, it's interesting looking at how it's affected them as because obviously there's sort of, you know, um, what's it, that fiction, um, fiction emulates non-fiction? No, that's not the... Life, life imitates art? Thank you. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> my brain was just like fiction, non-fiction, fiction, non-fiction. Yeah, and it, it it shows because, you know, you get this, you can't jump into a parody of a such a massive mm. piece of, like, well, I guess, like, science fiction history yeah. without sort of showing the fact that it did actually have an effect on the careers. Yeah. It's like, I, I feel sorry, I feel sorry for, and then also don't, because he played the best Joker of all time, Mark Hamill's career plummeted because of Star Wars. Right. And Harrison Ford sort of didn't, and I think Carrie Fisher was on a cocaine, so I think she was fine. Um, as okay. you were, yeah. Um, it's an interesting summing up of the Star Wars franchise. But it's, it's, you, know, you look at Mark Hamill, you versus look at Harrison Ford, and you look at the careers they had after. Hmm. But Harrison Ford didn't have one before, right? Wasn't he a carpenter who got cast in Star Wars? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Actually, now, yeah. So he, so Star Wars was the beginning of his career. That was his discovery. True. But still, still, it's a, you look at their careers afterwards and it's just like Mark Hamill got shoeboxed yeah, totally into. different trajectories. Yeah. Which is a shame. But then again, he did play the best Joker of all time. Yeah. And continued all the way through until, I think, the end of the Arkham games. You haven't played them, it's fine. I think I have played one, but not like fully through. Okay. Like on on you know someone else was playing it. I either just watched or I played some of it. I don't I don't remember. Yeah. I'm aware of the Arkham games. I know they exist. Yeah, it wasn't on Monster Factory episode. No. No. Um. Why do you keep referencing the McElroys? It's I don't know. We it's, don't normally do that on the you podcast. You put it in my head today, and I, I can't get it out. <laughs> it's because I joked that we should introduce ourselves yes, as yes, okay. That's, that's what I came from. Um, <laughs> it's just stuck in there. There's a few interesting pieces because it goes through like Justin Long's character being mm. the ultra fan and mm -hmm. knowing everything about everything to the point where he's asking him technical stuff at at the, the what was it like Galaxy Con. Yeah, yeah. Like the the fake the fake version of yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, if you want to get into like the similarities between Galaxy Quest and the real life experiences of the Star Trek actors, there's also like things in there that are based entirely on that. Like, yeah. um, like Peter Peter Quincy, <laughs> no Peter Quincy Taggart, um, played by. Tim Allen. Yeah. Uh, he's he's William Shatner, and he's the the moment where he's in the bathroom and he hears the fans or the guys outside talk about how he doesn't realize he's a joke and all that. Like yeah. that's lifted from William Shatner's life. Yeah. But we're not here to talk about William Shatner. We're supposed to be talking about a bug's life. And you've forgotten this. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> if, if you want to take the direct that direction, it's fine. Um, <laughs> oh, you want to compare the movies that we're here to compare? Yeah. Oh, all right, I guess so. Uh, the Jumping again randomly around in in timeline. Um, I think the ending. Of what you're just skipping to the end. No, okay, I won't. I won't. We'll reverse back. We'll <laughs> so put at pause the end in there. of the movie. I'll put a pin in that for later. <laughs> yeah, but maybe do the end towards the end okay. would make more sense. So okay, 
if we want to take these movies in segments, there is before they find out that they're actors and after they find out that they're actors. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so I we've talked a lot about Galaxy Quest, so we'll skip back to it's a book. It's a book. It's a bug's life. <laughs> It's a wonderful <laughs> the, bug's life. The sequel to It's a Wonderful Life. It's a bug's life. Yeah. Um, so that starts out with uh, ants trying to get their stuff together for yeah. the grasshoppers because what they do is the grasshoppers come and take a whole load of food and then the, gra- the ants have like a week to gather the rest of the food for themselves. Because a Flix invention destroys it. Knocks no, it but that's, the, that's how yeah. it normally would work. Yeah. But in this instance Flix Prevention has knocked all the food down so the grasshoppers arrive, there's no food for them and the ants have to gather all the food again for the grasshoppers yeah. and themselves but they're not going to be able to feed themselves yeah. so, so Flick comes up with this plan that he'll go get these like tough bugs to come help them and they'll fight off the grasshoppers and then the ants can live peacefully um, and uh, in a bug's life Flick is kind of seen as like a weirdo, as you said. Yeah. And they mostly say, yes, go do that, because they want him out of the way while they sort stuff out. Yeah. Whereas in Galaxy Quest, it's like the leader of the group is the one who comes down. So it's, it's um, Mathazar, who's... Is he the uh, commander? I don't know if he's commander then. He's definitely commander yeah, later the end, on. Yeah. So I believe he's the commander, um, Mathazar, and he comes down with a few um, of his, like... Uh, Whatever they're called. I was going to say cohorts, but crew? that's a crew. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a shore word. <laughs> so he comes down, he goes to Earth with a few of his crew to seek these um, heroes that they believe are actual heroes and warriors because they have Which seen... Which is a fantastic sequence because they go to um, Tim Allen, Quincy... Peter, ha- Peter, Quincy, yeah. Quincy Taggart. Yeah, Quincy Taggart's... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Tim Allen's house... And he's hung over and in his underwear, and he's like, "Oh, cool, just wait around. I'll get my pants on." He's thinking yeah. it's like someone's just built like a um, what do you call it, like a set in their garage. Yeah. So it's so funny because they show up at the convention at the beginning of it, yeah. and he has so Justin Long and his friends have booked uh, Peter Taggart by himself. Um, no, Peter Taggart is the um, I've confused myself. Tim Peter, Allen. No, no, no. <laughs> Jason Nesmith. Yeah. Peter Taggart is the character within the sh- within the show within the movie. Slight inception. Um, Nes- characters Nes- within characters. I've already forgotten the name I just said. Something Nesmith. Whatever. He's the guy. I, I just think it's funny because yeah, Tim Allen. Tim Allen. I oh, know. Yeah. I think it's funny because he's he's Nesmith, and in Toy Story, he's Mrs. Nesbitt in the bit where. Buzz is taken over by, or he's like lost the arm, and he's wearing the he's at the tea party. This is the only scene I remember, <laughs> other than Sid's like abominations. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Is that scene where Tom Hanks as Woody is like pretending to the rest, of the, or is that in two? No, it isn't one. A. Eh? What? You haven't told me the scene where he loses his mind and he's got one arm. Where Buzz Lightyear loses. Oh, Buzzy has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Buzzy. Buzz- <laughs> Old Buzzy. <laughs> Mixing a buzz than Woody into yeah. one person. Um, yeah, so so because there's that scene where he's like at the top of the stairs talking to somebody else, and he's like, "No, no, Buzz is right here," and he's yeah, like he's pretending at, he's with in his the arm. Window, and yeah, Buzz is like totally depressed, totally yeah. out he's of like, it. He's like, "Oh, look, he's giving me a hug." And then they think he's killed him and removed his arm. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But in that whole sequence in Sid's house, Sid's little sister has Buzz 
and um, that's right. He yeah. has, doesn't have the arm, and he's she's put like a, a um, apron on and brought him to her tea party, and he he's Mrs. Nesbitt. Yeah. Um. So I thought that was funny because it's Jason Nesbitt in, and it, he's a space ranger, and then he's a commander of a spaceship. Anyway, it's irrelevant because it's Toy Story, and that's not the movie we're talking about. All all Pixar movies are in one universe. Yeah. All true, <laughs> true. So Tim Allen does exist in a bug's life. No, in all not universes. how that works. Um, anyway, what was I saying? So yeah, so Justin Long and his group of nerdy teenagers have got money together to book a view or like book a, a day with Jason Nesmet to like do like a fan reenactment. Yeah, yeah to yeah. reenact something or do a fan script or something like that. So he, but he hasn't met them. He knows that he is going to be doing a fan thing with some fans. Yeah. Um, and then the Thermians show up. And they say they need his help, and they're all, you know, they look like aliens, um, but so does everyone else at this convention. And Bad he's, 70s aliens. Yeah, so he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, the, just come to my house tomorrow, bring a limo. Yeah. So then it's the next morning, and he's hungover, and they're all just standing at his window, like, yeah. waiting for him, and they help him look for, or he asks him to help him look for his pants, is it, or his yeah. shoes? Yeah, and I love and they, how... Three of them, them look, look up. up. Yeah, yeah, three of them look up for it, and it's like, okay, sure. Um, and they're like, we have your limo, and he's like, oh, yeah, okay. And then um, the what I love is the confusion comes from the same place kind of in both, um, in both movies, because in both movies, everything could be explained easily by, or, you know, every, the, there would be no mistaken identity thing if the person who it was being described to was listening. So in um, in Galaxy Quest, he's in the limo with them, and they're, like, trying to explain to him about Saris and about, you know, their people and what's going on and the war, and he's like, oh, yeah, 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 just just tell me, and he puts sunglasses on and goes to sleep yeah. and then wakes up on their spaceship or yeah. on their space station. Because in the that sort of sequence in A Bog's Life flickers on the back of Dim with the two Hungarian... Yeah. Took, uh, and, took and roll. Yeah, I was going to say roly-polies, but I think that's a Kiwi thing as well. Um, pill bugs. Dung beetles? Is that no, what I are? think they were pill bugs. Hang I, on, I'm going to double all, check. I think these are all like, words for the same thing. We call them clocks in Ireland, which is not... What? Or my family called them clocks. I don't know. Or I took think it's a, a similar... Yeah, it says pill, pill brother. Pill. pill bug brothers. There I we don't go. Know what, say that okay. ten times fast. Pill, pill bug brothers. Don't actually say that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so Tuck and Roll, who do not speak English, are yeah. the ones that Flick explains the whole thing to. Um, so what this ends up with in both instances is performers in a place where they think that they're there to perform and they're actually there to fight. And they don't know that. <laughs> because they haven't got so, the message when the message was, was given. So the only difference is, is that when... Um, Tim Allen arrives actually on the ship mm -hmm. and then sort of like goes, you know, oh, you know, whatever, you know, set it to screensaver too. Yeah. And it's like Saris appears and they're all terrified and he's sort of still hung over and still drinking his can of, I think it was Diet Coke or was it Dr. Pepper? I can't remember. I don't remember. I didn't take notes on it's that. It's irrelevant. Um, Some kind of product placement happens. Yeah. And it's God. such good product placement that we've forgotten what it is. Yeah. But it probably showed lots of insert name of product you know, along with the movie. Like the Batman Oreos we got the other day. Oh yeah, we got Batman we got Oreos with Batman's face on yeah. it because they were two two for one. 
No, it was or because it was, it was because it had Batman on it. Yeah, yeah. That's but what I, the marketing people might want us to think. I just, they were. T- it was like I think it was two. It wasn't two for one, but it was like the second. It worked out the pro- with the price that the second packet was only four cent. Yeah. Um. So I was like, yeah, I'm gonna buy two packets of Batman Oreos, and he's got like kissy lips, like that, like that. Um, that comic about Batman being part of the male fantasy and not female fantasy. Where, she, where she's like, okay, if he was drawn for women, this is what he'd look like. And the guy's like, that makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. You're like, exactly. Yeah. But that's what he's like on the Oreos. So if anyone hasn't bought any Batman Oreos <laughs> Or hasn't got, you know, <laughs> doesn't want to support the, the really interesting looking Batman movie. Um, where are we up to? Like, we've gone on a really random, random tangent It's okay, here. we've got okay. like an hour and a half. It's fine. I don't um, know what time set, it is. Sets the screensaver to, Saris appears, he, the uh, Thermians recoil in horror, he's still hungover, basically just says to shoot at them, and then he's like, I'll go home. Yeah. And then he gets sent to the teleporter, which was just yes. like the most bizarre. Because I know, because um, the, the, what comes up later is a digitizer. Yes, yes. Which With was this, yeah. invented in Star Trek to save the production company money because they were going to do like ship, like shuttle landings on each planet. Mm. And they're like, that's going to be expensive. Yep. Let's just invent a piece of technology where they just appear and then you can just have a still frame of them just standing perfectly still. And then they're like, oh, yes, it's over there. Which was borderline every single it's like how stargate sg1 started with just them arriving in somewhere in british columbia cool okay i've lost you <laughs> um it's um, that yeah. moment it's that moment where, where tim he... allen realizes when he gets pushed like punched yeah. through a black hole back to earth yeah so he's like sent in like this slime he's like covered in slime and then shot through space and lands back on earth and then the slime just comes off him and that is when he's like Oh, no, that, that was, was real. real. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in A Bug's Life, the moment comes when they're having, like, their feast to, like, celebrate the fact that the warriors have come, and um, they Because bring... was that since after they... Because Flick knows he's trying to organize no, with no, them. No, this is this is before Flick knows that they're circus bugs. So Flick thinks that they're warriors. They think... So all the ants think that warriors have come here. The warriors th- or well, warriors the circus folks think they're there p- to perform yeah um and there's like whole loads of miscommunication where they they play on the fact that like people say break a leg in theater instead of good luck and things yeah. like that so they're like whoa they're brutal they're like gonna break each other's legs and stuff um and knock them dead and things like that uh so they still think at this point that they're here to perform and the ants including Flick, think that they're here to kill the grasshoppers yeah. or fight the grasshoppers and scare them off. Um, and then they have like this feast to celebrate the fact that they're here. Oh, yeah, and it's and the, the Blueberry blue, Scouts, yeah. which is all the little baby ants, including um, Princess Dot, played by Hayden Panettiere, come out and they have painted a mural for them. And it's like, oops, it's full of like blood and guts and they've cut Heimlich, the uh, yeah. the caterpillar in half, and they're like, our art teacher told us to that one of you had to die to make it more realistic, and all the and suddenly the circus folks are going, I don't think we're here to perform, <laughs> you know? It's like I think there's been a miscommunication here. So then Flick is like giving a speech, and they're like tapping him on the shoulder and like whispering, and then he's like, what? So then he he makes excuses to go off with them, and they're like, no no no, we're circus folks, like yeah. we're 
there's there's been some cross wires here. We can't do what you want us to do. Um, and then rather than reveal it, there's some there's a moment where someone says something about birds, and then says even Hopper is afraid of birds. Yeah, because so, that's why Hopper's got this scar on his face. Yeah, so Flick suddenly gets this idea that they can still, you know, make it work, and the ants won't know that he's an idiot who brought like circus bugs yeah. instead of warriors, and the war, you know, the circus bugs can keep up the act and things. Because like there that. is that scene in the beginning where they end up saving Dot from the bird, and that's where. Yeah, so this happens around this part, I think, doesn't it? I don't know. Because it's when the circus bugs try to leave. Yeah, that's right. Sorry. So the yeah, circus bugs right. decide, they're, they're like, no, this isn't going to work. And they try to leave. But then um, Doc gets a, almost attacked by the, uh, by the real bird. Yeah. And they save her by doing like circusy yep. stuff. Um, and like using themselves as bait and things like that and distractions. And uh, that's how they kind of prove themselves to the ants that they're legit. Yeah. Even though they're not legit. Um, and then they come up with this plan. Oh yeah, so I think that was it. I think they went to leave and then that happened and then it comes up that Hopper is afraid of birds and Flick comes yep. up with this plan. So their their plan is to build a fake bird to scare off Hopper when he comes and then he'll be gone and won't come back and they'll be fine and the ants will be able to eat the food and everyone will be happy. It's kind of circular for us as a podcast because what was our first fun episode was um, The Great Eggscape, which is when yeah. birds built a plane. Yeah, so yeah. So now it's bugs building, <laughs> so a bird. building a bird. So then plane. the next one would have to be bacteria building an ant no. for this to work. <laughs> anyway. I don't think that's what happens in our next phone one because we've already recorded the episode. Oh, yeah, we have. Shh, spoilers. <laughs> um, and I don't think any bacteria build any ants in it. I don't think there's any ants involved. I don't even remember what movie. We've recorded I, so many in advance. I, I remember what movies oh, okay, they good. are. Lucky one of us does. Like you're the producer wanna, and you remember. We don't want to spoil for everyone. What yeah, because otherwise <laughs> the entire point of our Twitter and like Instagram yeah, yeah, stories. Yeah, yeah, guess, guess the movies. Yeah, one word. Um, yeah. So where were we? Yeah. So, um, in both instances, there's a moment like there's miscommunications that lead to them both thinking yeah. different things are happening, and then there's a moment of realization. So in Galaxy Quest, then it's only Nesmet who experiences this yeah and then he goes to the rest of the crew and tries to opening a like used car lot oh it's it's perfect it's just great because it's um the the big thing with uh alexander dane is he doesn't want to say the line that he has to say all the time on on the show which is um by 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 grabther's hammer you shall be avenged yeah and they (laughs) when they're opening this like used car lot or whatever it is he's like he has to go up and go by Grabthar's hammer. What a savings! <laughs> it's just like the greatest line, and it's just the delivery is perfect. Um, but yeah, so they're all they're all at this opening thing that Jason didn't show up to, and they assume he's hungover, and then he yeah. comes down and he's like still drunk and ranting about aliens and this blah 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 blah. And then um, one he of tries to communicate with the ship and realizes he switched his communicator, the real one that the Thermians yeah, have built, with Justin Long. Yeah, he accidentally banged into Justin Long in the car yeah. park, and they switched communicators. Um, and he tries to tell the crew about it, and then uh, Laliani, is that her name, Laliani, Missy Pyle, um, comes down and uh, tells them that he, she needs, they need him back, and then he's like trying to get the crew to come with them, and they're like, no. Um, and then he leaves, and then they uh, 
Tony Shalhoub's character, um, Fred Kwan, is like, oh, you know, when's the next time he's going to ask us along to a job? But they're like, was he actually talking about a job? Yeah. And then because they're all out-of-work actors whose only source of income at the moment is, you know, doing, doing these conventions and, yeah. and things, they're like, okay, let's go. Um, and Guy Fliegman, played by Sam Rockwell, joins them. He's not, he's not a member of the cast, ordinarily. He was in two episodes, I think he said. As like as crewman number six, which he plays the red shirt. Yeah, he plays the red shirt. Uh, in one of the episodes, he in episode eighty one, I think he says he dies. Why do I remember that? And I'm just gonna like, fact check you while you keep talking. It's okay. What that is episode eighty one. Yeah. Okay. Um, I believe it's episode eighty one that he dies in. It's not mentioned in here. Okay. Crewman number six. Yeah. Yeah, he's crewman number six. Yeah. But it's funny because he he insists on going with him, so he. Um, was the announcer at the convention they were at, and then he asked, he's like, oh, I was actually on the show, you might not remember me, let yeah. me sit down and... Um, sign you know, my own headshots. Sign my own headshots. Um, so he asked to go with them then, and in doing so, becomes crewman number six. Yeah. And then spends the entire rest of the movie... Terrified. Stressing about the fact that he's the no-name guy who's not a member of the crew and is going to die because he's the red shirt. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a wonderful moment at one point where they go down onto a planet and he starts panicking and they're like, you didn't want us to leave you up there. And he's like, yeah. But that was when I thought that I'd be the guy who's left on the ship and something would happen on the ship and I'd die on the ship. But now we're down here and I'm the guy who's going to die down here. <laughs> it's like, he's just... Perfect character. I love him. That whole sequence, the one that you kept referencing earlier today, with yeah. like, you know, don't open the door. Yeah, yeah. Because it's a whole sequence where they're coming down from the ship. So this is... Because they, they, they get attacked by Saris yeah. again. The core, which is just the, like a... The brilliant sphere. The brilliant sphere, which was just, um, what was it? They said like plaster and tinfoil. Right. Um, is cracked. Yeah, so they need a new beryllium sphere. So they yeah. go, they locate a planet where they can get a beryllium sphere, and they go down to the planet. And the whole way down, guy is convinced he's going to die. He's like, I don't even have a last name, yeah. and they're like, Guy, you have a last name, and he's like, Do I? Do I? And no one knows what it is. Um, and then when they get down to the bottom, they just open the door, and he's like, You know, you can't open that. Is there air? You don't know. Yeah. And it's just like. Like the most realistic person in it because, like, everyone else is just like accepting this is happening. They're like, Yeah, cool, let's go down, let's get onto this planet, let's go get this thing, even though they're just, they're just a bunch of actors. My favorite sequence when they first arrive um, at the starbase, where the um, what was the ship called? Oh no, I'm not gonna remember it. Okay, uh, it's not on your notes, then. No, no, no it I doesn't don't matter. Think the um, when they all get teleported. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, see, guys, I knew it. And then they're all, like, freaked out and, like, sort of frozen, but not kind of frozen. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Tony Shalhoub's character literally just turns around and is like, what's wrong with those guys? Yeah, yeah. Tony Shalhoub's character is written as if he's high for the entire movie. Yeah, 100%. Which is why he's, like, totally calm and totally fine with everything and falls in love with one of the aliens and everything. Uh, guys, it says, they they say, the crew says that it, we're going to explode. Is that... And it's like they tell him to... He's like, the crew say we can do... Or, like, my, my guys here say we can do this. And they're like, yeah, do that. And he's like... You guys got it right again. Good job, guys. Um, and then it's just the only moment he freaks is when he has to operate the... Oh, the digitizer. The digitizer, because um, he's never actually done it before, and they've said it's never been tested successfully. Yeah, because so it's they, more art than science. Yeah, so they test it on the, uh, on like the pig lizard, as they call it, and it turns inside out and explodes. Yeah. 
Um, and but then he successfully uses it on Jason Nesmond. Yeah, and um, I love that sequence where it's like he gets back on the ship and he's all beaten up after facing the rock monster. Gorignac. And he's got no shirt on. Yeah. And Sigourney Weaver's character's instant response is, "Well, I see you got your shirt off." No, I thought it was um, well, Alexander. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's Sorry, yeah. Alan Rickman says it. Because um, it's such like, a. Oh, see, so you got your shirt off again. Yeah, because it was such a Kirk esque thing to hit, you know be st- stranded on the planet and have to fight some sort of mm. some sort of creature yeah, they come up yeah. with which was just a guy and you know, yeah place was, to it's hilarious because when they're on the planet like it's it be, it's extra apparent that none of them have any idea what they're doing so like um the combat rolls yeah between so tim, two so rocks. tim allen yeah. is like rolling around the place he thinks that's what he's supposed to do and you know um they you know they tell uh Oh, I've forgotten the the guy's name. It's gone. It's gone from my head. But they tell him to um the guy who was a kid on the original show. Oh, Tommy. Tommy. Yeah. yeah. They tell him to practice. G- to, no, to, but they tell him to give a signal if he sees oh, anything. Oh, yeah, that's And right. he's like, okay, I'll go. And they were like, use the communicator. And he's like, oh, okay. But then when he actually sees him, he goes like, Jason. Um, but yeah, but like you've got. Guy just freaking out about everything and everyone just being like, oh, yeah, I'll walk over there. And he's like, no, those things look cute. They're going to get evil. They're going to get nasty. Yeah. And then it happens. And then <laughs> Sigourney Weaver's character turns around and is like, we got to get off this planet before someone kills Guy. <laughs> 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 but it's like none of them have any idea what they're doing. It um, reminds me more of the Star Trek episode of Futurama than it does of Star Trek. Actual Star Trek. Yeah, um, that, I've like, seen that. The whole sequence where they pair off and they're going to fight each other. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, oh, there was that one time I took my shoe off and threw it. Yeah. Now my <laughs> shoe's over there. Yeah, and my foot's cold. Because that's the whole point is that it's the actors. Yeah, yeah. I think that episode of Futurama is, a mock, is like a version of Galaxy West. Because it's about a fan yeah, yeah, forcing yeah. the actors of Star yeah. Trek to act out Star Trek. It's so meta. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just Galaxy Quest, but yeah. except that it's you know it's not a you know an alien who really believes that that's who they are that these are historical documents. Um, because your entire race doesn't o- understand the concept of like deception and lies and mm. like yeah. inventing things that are fiction, which gonna, is terrifying in their sort of like. Therefore, they wouldn't have any music. Their stories wouldn't have been told through like. Uh, retelling, which was a big part of, uh, could have been a big part of human development, especially within Moldydom it was, because mm. it was, you know, creation myths and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be an interesting look at that. But then they just saw a TV show and then were just like, let's base our entire society on this TV show. Yeah, they just don't realize it's a TV show. They see these people and they're like, these are the values that we want to have. We want to be heroic. Yeah. We want to do this. We want to do that. We want to. You know, um, but they're not realizing that it's fake. Because it's that real, it's a um, razor's edge of like high level science fiction. It either goes utopia or dystopia. Yeah. There's no like in between. It's no like, well, other than the stack technology, I think. Oh, you haven't watched um, Altered Carbon? No. No. Okay. I'll just continue that conversation with myself and have it later. Okay. Um, yeah, them building a utopia is interesting because it's just, you know, how would you look at a, you were, if we received TV from another system, 
would we base our entire society around that television? And for the love of God, I hope it's not reality TV. <laughs> I don't know. But I think it is, uh, genuinely, I think it's because they don't have any kind of form of heroism, really. They're all mm. very, um, you know, it's all very monotonous, all very whatever, and they want, they aspire to something better. And so they see this and they're like, oh, that's, that's it. That's what I want to be. I think Mathisar particularly is that. And then I think at the end of the movie, Mathisar gets to be that hero, yeah. which is great. Because it's not really a sort of a, a mirror of the, the audience. Like their race, the Thermians aren't mm. a mirror of the audience because it's like we're not, we're, COVID's proved it, we're not like heading towards the utopia, unfortunately, no. with the current, current state of affairs. No. We've entered the dystopia. We've, we've entered the Twilight Zone. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think... William Shannon was in there. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> yeah, I think it's... I think Mathisar in particular, who is, like, their leader, um, very much aspires to be the hero that, that yeah. he sees these characters are. And so that, that's him going, like, I can do this. But he doesn't really believe he can do it, so he believes he needs them to do yeah. it. Um, so by the end of the movie, we realize Mathazar is much more heroic than yeah. they actually are. Um, but I, yeah, I was trying to look through my notes on what I had written on comparisons, and one of the things was the the way that they find out, because that was that would be the midi- median point then. Sort of, the yeah. Two films would be yeah. how they find out that it's not real. So in a bug's life, it happens when P.T. Flea, who is the leader of the circus, who has fired these circus bugs. It's looking for them. He's looking for them, and he shows up, and he has a poster with all of the bugs um, drawn on it. And people are like, hey, isn't that that person, that person? And then he spots them, and he's like, oh, my God, you guys. And he starts telling about how good the act was, and how he needs them back. And it becomes this big reveal that they are circus bugs, and they're not. you know. And at this point, they've spent so much time um, building following, up the hopes of the ant yeah, kingdom. build building this bird that they believe is their plan, but is actually Flick's Flick plan. Um, it, uh, that they haven't gathered the food for the grasshoppers, yeah. so then they go into this panic where they're like, "Oh no, now we've got to do this." Um, whereas in Galaxy Quest, it's um, things have already gone wrong. Yeah. So it's they get back from getting the Beryllium Sphere, and they. And things are slightly off on the ship, and they're not sure why. And then they find that Mathazar has been captured by yeah. Saras. Um, and then they want to know about the Omega-13, which is this device that's on the ship, that on the show, it's never revealed what it is because the show was cancelled before the yeah. episode aired that would have told them what it was. Um, so the actors have no idea what it is, uh, because no one does. And uh, he wants to know what it is, and they're saying, like, we don't know. Um, and then eventually they tell Cyrus, it's a sh- you know we are actors. It was fake. It's a show. And then he makes them explain it to Mathazar. Yeah. And it's a real explain like on five moment because he doesn't understand. He genuinely doesn't understand. And they have to explain to him that it is a lie, um, and that the model or you know the ship that he sees on the screen is you know this size yeah. and things like that. Um, and it's very heartbreaking. It's actually really emotional for Mathazar. I feel bad for him. He sort of almost doesn't believe it at the end. Because when they yeah, take the, back the ship, he's just like, tiny ship, like he's laughing like, about yeah, it. Yeah, he's like, you guys almost had me kind yeah. of moment. But um, yeah, it's, it's interesting because um, then they start to use their acting to their advantage. Actually, that happens in both movies as well. I don't think I even have that in my notes. Yeah. Um, but they start, in both movies, they start to use their acting to their advantage. 
So in A Bug's Life, it's they come back, the circus bugs come back while the grasshoppers are there and they put on a circus show and um, distract them and get the queen away because they know that they're going to kill the queen. Yeah. Um, in that the box thing that you mentioned earlier. Yeah, the, in the, the, in the Chinese metamorphosis takeaway. Yeah. Chinese takeaway box. Um, and then they're, you know, distracting them and then giving the signal for the fake bird to come down. Um, whereas in Galaxy Quest, they have, it's um, Alexander Dane and Jason Nesmith have this whole thing where they're put into the airlock and they act out a scene from yeah. one of the show episodes where they fight each other and then they both um, punch the 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 guy yeah. who was who was capturing them and then they managed to get them in the airlock and eject them out. Um so yeah, so in both in both movies the performers end up using their performances to help win the overall battle. Yeah. Um also in both there is a group that ends up or a group that like worships them that ends up becoming the savior of the day. Because in uh, a bug's life you've got the blueberry scouts oh, yeah, who yeah. who like absolutely love Francis. Yeah, they love Francis, but they love all of them. Like the, yeah. they all are, you know, love different circus books, and I think they're great. And they're the ones who get the word out to Flick that the grasshoppers have arrived, that they're yeah. going to kill the queen. And they're the ones that go up and man the bird. Then yeah. when the bird comes down, um, and then in Galaxy Quest, you've got uh, Justin Long and his friends, and they're the ones who are able to work out. Or the, a, they're the ones who have the theory about what the Omega Thirteen does, and which also up, the weird blueprints of the ship. Yeah, where they've, they've got all the and, like going through the chompers and just, to press the like or to stop it from destructing. It was going to self destruct. Is that it? Yeah, it was, it was a self destruct, and it was like uh, again one of those old sci fi things where the casts. No, sorry, the the um, the actual background costs more than the actors do yeah yeah it's so funny because there's like these chompers and things and sigourney weaver's character is like what is the what purpose do yeah, these like, have what purpose do these have what and she's like whoever wrote this episode should die yeah. <laughs> um and then when they get to the the button they press the button and it keeps counting down so they're panicking and then it stops at one and they're like oh yeah it always, it always stopped, stopped at one yeah. always stopped at one on this show um <laughs> So it was just hilarious because it's just another thing that like it never was going to explode. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so in both in both things, and then the that group is also the ones that lead them down, uh, because their navigation isn't working properly when they're trying to land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in both in both things, um, there's this group that are kind of like seen as you know annoying at the beginning and then end up being the real heroes of the day. I do like that moment when Justin Long runs out of his house with like the fireworks. Garbage. Yeah. Oh no, the fireworks at the end. Yeah, yeah, the garbage scene's fantastic because he's on the communicator with um Taggart yeah. and he's talking to him and then a mum keeps coming in and interrupting him and he's like, I don't I really remember what speaking software there was back then. Because it would be like TeamSpeak and then now Discord. Older than that. Yeah. <laughs> it's 90s. Yeah, but they're in a video call as well. Random people can do it. Oh yeah, he's yeah, he's yeah. on a video call with his friends. Yeah, um, I like the bit where they where they're about to go through the chompers and they're like, "Oh, this guy's got the code for that," and he's like, four, four, two, four, seven. Yeah. and they're just like, "What?" <laughs> he's just listing numbers. Yeah, it's it's interesting because it does it is a huge parody of the old the old science fiction tropes of just mm. having random stuff in there because this is like uh, I don't know, giant mechanical teeth. There we go, done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big yeah. glowy thing and yeah, stuff, you yeah. know, and like for no reason. 
um, lots of air vents yeah. that they have to go through. And well, they serve a purpose in Aliens. And alien, yeah, but it's funny, and then become it's... like a huge part of the canon throughout the rest of the series. But, but that's the whole joke. Yeah, the whole joke is that it's Sigourney Weaver's character. Is like, oh, why is it always Vance? Yeah, um, because it was her that yeah. did that. So we both drank drinks. At the yeah, same. yeah. Talk, this talk this drinks at the same time was a bad time. Some radio silence there while we're drinking some water. Yeah, it's fine. We're on camera. It's okay. Oh, There's God. no dead air. Don't um, there, I was going to say there will be when I edit it, but I can edit that out. Yeah. Let's just move on. I forgot Let's... how editing works. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, so, you, yeah, you got that. I like that sequence where he runs out of the house with the fireworks because his parents are just like, well, at least he's outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so then towards the end of the movies, um, the in both cases, the person who originally scouted for the Warriors saves the day kind of by standing up to the yeah. oppressor. So um, in A Bug's Life, it's, you know, after the bird. So the, they have the bird coming down and then um, P.T. Flea, who's an idiot, sets it on fire, yeah. thinking he's saving the day. But yeah. um, then the grasshoppers realize it's a bunch of ants in it and they get annoyed. And Flick is like, he stands up to him and he's like, well, there's so many of us and whatever. And then he kind of looks at him and goes, and you know that. Yeah. And he realizes that that's what Hopper is really afraid of. So he stands up to him and then all the ants come down and the ants like start to take on the grasshoppers. Um, but then it starts to rain. And so um, Hopper gets away with Flick and then Ada, the, uh, the other princess, g manages to get him away from Hopper and then he gets her to lead them to the bird where Hopper shows up and he, get, he gets eaten. Yeah. My, one of my favorite things is I was looking at the IMDb trivia for A Bug's Life and like 50% of the IMDb trivia for A Bug's Life is like, it's the first Pixar movie to do this. It's the second Pixar movie to do this. It's like, yeah, it's only the second one. Yeah. Um, but my favorite was uh, Hopper is the first Pixar villain to be killed on screen. And I was like, did they want the toys to kill Sid? Like what? What were they thinking about? Like, well, they like, did eventually. What? Well, because if every Pixar movies were like <laughs> interconnected, the toys didn't kill Sid. No, but if every like thing that we've given life to has an appearance or has like gained sentience. Oh God! Because that's why the cars get sentience because so many people love cars. Look, just go with me on okay. this. Well, okay. Well, Toy Story Four, it's once they put like a face on it because they he, yeah, yeah, she so gets like, the fork and draws yeah, eyes on it. The, um, <laughs> the the yeah, that's that's the whole thing. Okay, but well, we don't see Sid die on screen. No, you and he definitely wasn't the first one. Hopper was. Hopper's the first Pixar villain to die on screen. Yeah, but the toys killed everybody. The toys didn't kill everybody. Everyone Stop had to evacuate your... to space, and that's how we get Wally. -E. Your Toy Story conspiracy theories—that's not what happens. It's not a conspiracy. If the car, the the pizza delivery car, is in every single movie, yeah, that okay. they're all in the same universe. Okay, I understand that, but the toys didn't kill Sid. No, but they were the beginning of the uprising. Okay, all right. Sure. Don't argue. You with can me. write your fan fiction later. I have read enough Reddit posts. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> R slash um, fan, fan fiction. Or slash fan, fan theories. Fiction? Fan theory. <laughs> um, anyway, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So, moving over to Galaxy Quest. Um, in Galaxy Quest... Um, you have the sequence where um, you think it's... Um, 
you think they've defeated yeah. Saris and everything's and good. And Saris arrives on the bridge and he's wearing a cloaking device, the same as the Thermians use to cloak themselves because they look like squid people. Yeah. Um, as humans, and then he shoots everybody. Yeah, so he, then... he disguises himself as Fred, yeah. and he comes in, and then he shoots everyone. He shoots and kills all of the crew members except um, Guy Fleegman. Yeah. Which is hilarious because the whole joke, the whole way through, is Guy is convinced he's, he's going to be the one to die, die yeah. and he's the only one who doesn't in that sequence. Um, but at that point, um, Tim Allen has he knows that there's either two possibilities with the Omega yeah, Thirteen. The Omega Thirteen will either destroy the universe by it's like an anti, it's a matter re- re- rearranger. Yeah, that's right. a mouthful. Or else it will give you 13 seconds, seconds. back in time. Yeah, to what use would that be? It would be fixing one to mistake. To fix one mistake, yeah. that's what he says. Yeah, so he gets them to activate the... Omega-13. Omega-13, and it goes back to the moment that Fred walks in, and he tackles him, and then it's still Saris, and Saris, you know, because everyone else is like, hey, get off, what are you doing to Fred? And then yeah. Saris stands up with the gun, and Mathisar... Um, beats him beats with him a cane, head. yeah. yeah. He's on a so Mathisar stands up to Saris in the end, like face-to-face, defeats him. Um, though then, like in a bug's life, we have a moment then where he comes back. It's when they land down in the uh, convention. They land in the convention center, which is hilarious, and they come out, and then Cyrus comes out as well. And um, I was going to say Peter Taggart, uh, Jason Nesmith, Tim yeah. Allen shoots Cyrus. Yeah, they dead just for think real. it's just uh, just part yeah. Of a the show. people in the convention just it's think it's like awesome because like obviously it'd be over the top, and the yeah. health and safety violations are insane. But that idea of like the ship crashing through the wall and everyone pouring out of it with actual smoke and then just being like, is this real? Like, it's just, oh, well, you know, you know, they're here, that's production value, like, let's just go with it. Yeah. And then, of course, they're all like disorientated yeah, yeah. and stumbling out. But yeah, it is that sequence. But what I wanted to get to in the beginning, so I'm going to jump back now, right. jump back to the Back to the Future. Okay. Um, is. What I said at the end of the movie, when we when we finished watching the movie, is the amount of government departments and the fact that it'd be in very small boxes for a short amount of time. Sorry, there's a bugger in my face. Um, <laughs> oh no, a tiny fruit fly. Yeah, I've said too many bad things about Bugs Life. Um, the um, the amount of government people, like the amount of suits that would surround them, like yeah, they'd yeah, never yeah, get yeah. out of it. I've just hit myself in the throat with the microphone. It's getting Sorry. late. Um, it's <laughs> the there is no way they would have ever got out of they would they would have been a CIA yeah, black yeah. site by the 100%. end of that night. Like there is no way an alien spaceship because you know we have systems in place to see things come into the atmosphere as an early warning system for like um, I think they're called um, stellar objects. Right. Um, you know, to back, you know, give people a little bit of warning yeah, if, yeah. you know, Armageddon deep in. Maybe we didn't in 1999. No, no we, we still, did. I know, yeah, I'm joking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah and no, an actual alien space. Yeah, and the amount of information they would have had. Yeah. Because, you know, they've just been like, oh, cool, you know, you don't need us anymore. We're going back to Earth. And, you know, you're arriving back on Earth with a literal, like, the insane amount of technology that would be in there like what i want to get to at the end of it because we have to wrap up shortly shortly um is talking of sequels Mm -hmm. because obviously there was like a not a real sequel sequel for galaxy quest yeah there was supposed to be they were in talks to a real sequel and then alan rickman died yeah so they can't do it anymore because i remember um hearing about it like 
I think when like maybe would have been mid two thousands. Right. It wasn't like I think it was long, long pre production hell. Mm. But yeah, um out of all the early franchises for Pixar, Pixar. It didn't Bugs Life didn't get a sequel. Yep. Didn't need one. Uh, yeah, true. Um the S- But in saying that Galaxy Quest really didn't need a sequel either. No. That was nicely. We just like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the, in the end of both films, um, the performers go off and some other people join them. So in, in A Bug's Life, uh, the circus folks go back on the road and some of the ants join them as a circus, as a you know, group and also Molt, played by Richard Kind, who yeah. is Hopper's brother, yeah. joins the circus because he's too nice to be an evil grasshopper anyway. Mm. Um, and in Galaxy Quest, they bring the show back for a reunion and yeah. Guy gets an actual role and uh, Laliana, who's played by Missy Pyle. A, yeah, it was a reboot, right? Is it a reboot? Oh, it was no, like a, it's the same actors. Or, you it, know, it's the same characters. It gets, it's like a... It sort of, like, gets decancelled. Or they right. get another sequel. I think they just uh, get, a, I think season. They get, like, a reunion season. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, so one of the aliens who has fallen in love with Fred uh, joins that as well. How could you not? How could you not? Yeah. yeah. How could you not fall in love with Fred? Um... Very briefly, I'll go through some of my IMDb notes. Uh, I know that Molt in A Bug's Life was created because um, they wanted to have like a comic relief to some of Hopper's stuff. Yeah, because without they, him, he would have just been like horrible. They yeah, yeah, it would have been really terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they also um, had originally just had him be a, just like a random grasshopper, and then they realized that Hopper would not put up with that unless yeah. he was family, so that's why they made him his brother. Um, they also they kept they did weird things with bugs so like they created a new bug for, for dim um the gypsy moths the females can't fly only the males can fly and the ants only have four legs when they should have six because they thought it made them look too sinister if they had six whereas they gave the grasshoppers the extra legs because yeah. they wanted them to look creepy creepy um it's also the first pixar film to have outtakes and it was the only uh, computer-animated film produced in a widescreen aspect ratio in the 20th century. Oh, wow. That's fun. Um, what were my... Oh, yeah, because that was the, the one I wanted to get to, was um, Guy Fliegman is... They say in the movie that he was an, an, like an adult on the show, whereas the other guy, Tommy, was a child on the show, but yeah. he's actually older than Sam Rockwell. So it didn't make any sense that he would I'd be I'd never a... thought about that until now. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't make any sense. Because um, it's clearly set in the 90s. So if it was a semi-show and he was a random cast member. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense that he was... Because he, he's younger than the guy who played a child on the show. So it's bizarre. Um, Maybe he's just like Will Wheaton and just never aged. like yeah. So he just looks the same way he did. Ten years ago. So briefly, which of these films do you think cost more to make? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Let's see if you can ballpark it. How much do you think they each they each cost to make? I'd say a Bugs Life. It'd be in the ninety million esque era, and I think for we'll say we'll go one hundred and five for Galaxy Quest. Wrong. Way off. A Bug's Life was 120 million to make. Okay. Galaxy Quest was 45 million. Wow. Way less. Way, way less. 
Uh, so Galaxy Quest made 90 million in box office, so it made double. Yeah. Uh, Bugs Life made 363 million, so it made triple it what it it's, did. It's printing money. Yeah. <laughs> They've got almost exact the same rating on IMDb. It's a 7.2 for Bugs Life, 7.3 for Galaxy Quest. It was the thing that's how things age, though. Mm. Like, you would. I love Galaxy Quest. Yeah, as you can tell from your t shirt. Yeah. Which you bought especially for this occasion. Just don't tell them that. Okay, I won't. <laughs> Pretend that I've always, I was born wearing this Galaxy Quest Yeah, this t-shirt. brand new t-shirt. Yes. Yeah. It's, I, know, I like it. Yeah. I'm surprised I didn't have one before, to be perfectly honest. Like, why didn't I? I love Galaxy Quest. I quote it to you on a regular basis. Yeah. We were talking about this earlier. It's like, especially when I'm anxious about something and you're trying to calm me down, I'm like, you don't know. <laughs> um, so I quote it all the time. Uh, anyway, we should probably wrap up because we. I th- did. I thought that we would be like struggling to fill the time, but we have talked for an hour and a half, so we should stop talking. That's what we should do. But then they'll stop listening to us. Yes, um, but they can listen to us on Spotify or literally, actually, any we're anywhere. Or our website is ittakes2.co.nz. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ittakes2 underscore pod or Facebook at ittakes2pod. Um, thank you very much to Dennis and to yeah, listen, thank you, Dennis. yeah, to listen to this for uh for inviting us to be here uh, as part of the Six Degrees Festival. We're in Bats Theater, as uh, people who were here for the pre-show would have heard. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a cool experience. Yeah, it's been. Fantastic. Thank you very much to our our live audience, yeah. which is rare. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anything else you want to add before we go? No, I think this has been a very interesting experience and I hope we get to do it again. Yeah. It's our first ever live show. Um, no. I didn't projectile vomit on all, all the equipment. The equipment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I that was our worst case scenario before we started was I pr- managed to projectile vomit right onto the computer and the you know the soundboards of over there. It would have been impressive. It would have been very impressive. And it would have been caught on two cameras. And there would have been a fourth um um no, what's the movie called? Uh um with a take the damn it, I was gonna <laughs> the movie oh, no. with a little girl vomits on everything. Um, Exorcist. Exorcist. Thank you. There's been a fourth Exorcist movie. <laughs> yes, okay. I mean, it could have been. Yeah. Anyway, thank you to everyone for being here and to everyone who joined the live stream. Um, and for whenever we release this as an actual episode, thank you to everyone who listened to that too. Yeah. Good. Thank you. <laughs>